Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Gotta walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer practice, then... There goes the extra time for a jog. (sighs) That's okay. Maybe next week. When everyone else relies on you, it's easy to put your needs last. Therapy is a dedicated time to focus on what you need to be happy. So you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. BetterHelp offers convenient online therapy on your schedule. It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want, by chat, phone, or video call. Go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of the geek buddies we're live on the channel here this was the time that we could schedule all three of us to show up so 11 a.m to 1 p.m that's how we're going well at least if there's a lot of stuff going on after 12 30 we'll see but yes michael yes yes your thoughts i want to say congratulations to the Geek Buddies for the first time ever holding out on their show until the big news dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Because because what should have happened is that we should have done a show yesterday where we said, oh my God, so much geek news this week and talked about all the trailers that came out and all the news that happened and then woke up this morning and said, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's usually how it works. But we didn't. Yeah. And here we are. That's right. <laughs> We're going to break it on down here. Star Wars Celebration Day 1. A lot of trailers. They dropped. Uh, certainly there was an Ahsoka trailer, a teaser trailer. We had the Indiana Jones trailer. They did drop footage of Andor and um, Acolyte, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch it yet. There's small snippets, but we'll talk about what they talked about in the panels as well and cover everything that was released in the Lucasfilm panel. A lot to talk about. We're also going to jump into some, some of these Marvel trailers that dropped this week and... We're going to answer any of the questions, thoughts, or comments you guys have. So please remember the stream labs and the super chats are both open. Send in your love, send in your support. I am not in London. Unfortunately, I 
stayed home and ate the $400 ticket because I didn't want to spend thousands because I knew I wasn't going to get into any of the panels. So I we're doing it from here and so, I'm happy to be joined by these two gentlemen to talk about all of it, but let's introduce so ourselves. All right. If, yep. if, if you guys could send Johnny some scones and a pint <laughs> of cider to his home to make him feel a little bit better about eating that money and missing star Wars celebration, it would be great. <laughs> Yeah, please. I mean, or, or donate $400. All right, anyway, I am the outlaw John Maroka, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Mike. I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Where I've done some stuff, but we don't have to. We don't have time to talk about it because we got so much other stuff to talk about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have Shannon for a limited amount of time, so we're going to jump into it right off the bat. And again, I have pinned the, uh, the Streamlabs address in the chat there. If you want to send in some love or send in support and the super chats, we will answer them as we go along through the show. So, gentlemen, day one of Star Wars celebration already. Stuff was blowing up uh, as soon as it woke up this morning. We got new trailers for Ahsoka, a longer two and a half minute kind of teaser trailer for Ahsoka. We also had information. The big information is that they announced Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy obviously there on the stage, Lucasfilm and Disney announcing that there are three new Star Wars films that are coming. Three new Star Wars films that are coming here for us to enjoy and jump into. And first of all, it's going to be Dave Filoni, which um, uh, Jeff Snyder last night on the hot mic uh, uh, scooped. He dropped that scoop last night. Also, uh, James Mangold is going to be getting a um, a movie. And, of course, James Mangold has Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny coming. And Shamir uh, Obachinoy is has her film. Uh, Sharmina Obachinoy has her film. And her film is going to feature the return of Daisy Ridley as Ray. Massive amount of news going on there. Uh, let's see. The uh, Filoni's project will be based around the escalating war between the Imperial Remnant and the fledgling New Republic. Mangold's movie will be set during the time period of the Dawn of the Jedi, and uh, Shamin Obechanoi's film will chronicle the events following the rise of a Skywalker. So, Michael, your thoughts? Three new films were announced. This is something also Jeff Snyder announced two weeks ago in the hot mic, but like we finally got official confirmation, and these three directors, we kind of knew about Obechanoi already, but Mangold, Filoni, Ray coming back, and the time periods, what's your reaction? Well, it's, I mean, it's so, let's, like, first thing, big news, three movies announced that yeah. unless they are really doing something interesting, not a trilogy. No, not a trilogy, yes. So this will be the first, I mean, yeah, we've had our Rogue Ones, we've had our Solos, we've had a couple standalones, but Star Wars, basically, we, we mostly talk about it in the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, the new trilogy. Now we have these three movies, both very, all three kind of, covering very, very different areas. Yeah. Uh, so Mangold t- tackling some like old Republic or pre old Republic, like, like let's go back to the beginnings of everything. Let's see where the Jedi started. Uh, we've got Daisy Ridley returning to sort of define like what's the next thing. And then we basically get Dave Filoni getting to do his big finale of whatever <laughs> it is he's building with everything on Disney plus, which kind of is Dave fin- Filoni getting to do a big finale of, everything he's done since clone wars began yeah yeah i mean really if you look at what that movie looks to be mm-hmm. first episode of clone wars introduces ahsoka tano yes uh clone wars introduces bo katan Kree's, introduces mandalorian culture the backstory of mandalore mandalorian picks a lot of that up ahsoka's rebels the sequel so like filoni's 
this is going to be his opus, it mm-hmm. feels like. So I think there's a lot to be excited about all three of these things. I think the one that is the most uh, interesting as far as the future of Star Wars is whatever they're doing with Ray. Yeah, I was going to follow up with you on that, and then Shannon will get your thoughts on both of these questions here. Um, uh, Michael, are you surprised that they're leading with Ray? That's going to be the first film out the out the box is the Obad Chinoy one. So is this a surprise to you that they're going to lead with the Ray film first, considering all the drama around the sequel trilogy? Wouldn't you want to create more space and put these two films out, the other two films out, before you put out Ray's? Or is this their way of saying, you know what, we want to reestablish her, we have plans for her down the road, and we'll do this? I don't know. You know, I whenever Ray comes up, here, here's how I feel about Ray. And, I, and by the way, I feel the same way about Finn and Poe. And I yeah. would be more than happy to hear announcements coming up in the in the upcoming days um, that both of them are returning as well. Like, I, yeah. I would love that because as much as I do not like the new trilogy kind of all taken in as a whole, I, although I will always support Last Jedi as a whole, the trilogy just does not do it for me mm-hmm. um those three characters do do it for me like yeah. i like them and the thing about ray and i think a lot of times when we as a bunch of grown-ass adults uh are on twitter arguing about the so. new trilogy yeah. Yeah. what we forget is you go to galaxy's edge and you see all these little girls running around dressed yeah. up as ray getting so excited when ray and chewie are walking around batu yeah. and I I think that Ray and Finn and Poe are three characters that deserve a lot better than what the new trilogy gave them. And I am more than willing to give them all a second shot at that. Yeah, 100%. I love Daisy Ridley as Ray. To me, more than Adam Driver. I know everybody loves Adam Driver. But for me, it was Daisy Ridley that I enjoyed in all three of those movies. She's a damn good actress. It's a shame that she hasn't really kind of blown up out of those Star Wars films, and she's done re- interviews where she's spoken about how hard it was to find work after those Star Wars films. And so uh, to see her coming back, I think, is such a good thing to be welcomed back. On the heels of, you know, Hayden Christensen coming back, on the heels of Ahmad Best coming back, we're getting uh, Daisy Ridley coming back, although shorter time in between people's reactions to her stuff and now, but still, it's nice to welcome her back. Shannon, your thoughts. Three movies, three different directors, not a trilogy, as Michael said. Ray coming back. The time periods in which these are set. What's your opinions on all of this, brother? I mean, the the Filoni New Republic movie, that's the one that I think is... I think that's the one that has the most potential of happening. Um, because, oh, you know, judging you from years... Well, judging from years past, I mean, we had a very slickly produced announcement video for Patty Jenkins and Rogue Squadron, and that did not happen. So um, knowing their track record of announcing things and then not always coming to fruition, um, the Filoni film seems like the most likely to me. Mm-hmm. And as Vogel said, just, you know, uh, uh, Filoni getting the opportunity to essentially do the finale of this story that he's been telling for you know, uh, uh, over a decade, Um, you know, that's, that's really, really exciting. Um, The James Mangold announcement, I really liked because with Dial of Destiny coming out, that tells me he's, he's staying in house with Lucasfilm. And that I I hope that's a good prediction for how, how Dial of Destiny is going to be is like, they, they liked what he did with that one. Um, Let's see what he does. Let's see what he does with the Star War now. And and the fact that they're going kind of all the way back to the beginning and he's not necessarily beholden to things that have been established 
um, in terms of, you know, what happens in the future. I'm like, ah, oh, that's exciting. Right. Um, the Daisy Ridley announcement, that's the one that's the most interesting to me because when you've had a sort of highly publicized split from some of your creatives, yeah. it's sort of like, ah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, Charmaine uh, Abad Chinoy, uh, I think back to back, she delivered one of the most underwhelming episodes of Miss Mar Marvel mm -hmm. and one of the most overwhelming episodes of Miss Marvel. So her as a director, I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of batting, you're kind of batting 500 right now. You know, you, you had to, you had two at bats, you, you hit once. Um, yeah. The idea that they're bringing Ray back. I mean, to well, would you the, say, would you say the one she hit is a home run or would you say it was a single or a double or which, a triple? Remind me, what are the two that she directed? She did the flashback episode when uh, Kamala yeah. went back uh, to uh, to partition, and then she also did the episode where they had that really wonky chase in the city. Um, that was one of the most poorly constructed action sequences I feel like I've ever seen in Marvel. Now, granted, that is not that would not entirely fall on her. I mean, you right. know, when you're working in in the Marvel machine, these sequences have probably been prevised um, out the wazoo. So yeah. there's only so much control she has in something like that. But that partition episode for me was was so well done and was so compelling knowing that she's going to bring that kind of uh, emotional storytelling to a Star Wars film. That's really, really exciting um, with yeah. the sequel trilogy. You know what? Those characters, it, my issues with those movies had nothing to do with the characters right. uh, nor, nor the actors. It was how they were they were used. I feel like they they, you know. We, we've discussed like it was clear they didn't have a plan going in they were kind of shooting from the hip and the results were for me as yeah. an audience member a little mixed but i do think daisy ridley is a very talented performer and giving her the opportunity to come back with you know a a a proper a proper swing um i think is exciting now you know what we were really <laughs> We're really excited about what Ewan McGregor was going to get yeah. to do. And again, that issue was not on him. Like he went in and did the performance. He, he went in and played a great Obi-Wan. So I have no doubt Daisy Ridley is going to come in and gr give a great performance. In terms of what's going to happen within that film, that's the big question mark right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, uh, Shannon, I think both you and Michael are obviously making excellent points here. I think for me, my reaction, Dave Filoni, that makes so much sense. The fact that he's going to wrap up the Ahsoka and Mando storylines, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe, you know, Mandalorian might be done as a series after this season. Well, they haven't announced that, but we shall see. Or maybe they go forward with Bo-Katan, with Katie Sagoff. I, from judging from what Jeff said last night, I'm like, I don't anticipate Pedro is going to come back until the movie. So that could be really interesting. So what are you wrapping up that you're presenting in the Soka series that's coming up, which we'll get to, and then presenting here for the last few episodes of the Mandalorian that you're going to be wrapping up in his movie. So, I'm looking forward to that. I got no doubts that Dave Filoni is going to make this movie and it'll be great. All right. James Mangold. Here's a, another guy coming in. I like James Mangold's work for the most part. Maybe the second half of Wolverine wasn't the great, but Logan was, he's my favorite comic book movie ever made, period. So I liked, and Ford vs. Ferrari was incredible. So I, I think that's going to be a very interesting film when he gets a chance to make it. There's Shamina uh, Obachinoy. There's a lot here. You're the, you're going to be the first film out the gate. You're not a feature film proven director fully. You're bringing back Ray. You just uh, got rid of the of, of um, uh, Lindelof and his co-writer there. You brought in Stephen Knight. What is the story you're telling? Is it all going to work? Or if they stumble out the gate with this first film, 
with an unproven theatrical filmmaker, not an unproven director, but an unproven theatrical director, and the, the bringing back Ray and all like the it concerns me. So I hope that one knocks it out of the park. But I think that one has got the higher bar to cross being the first one out. So we'll see. But I 100% am so happy that Daisy is back. I'm so happy that we're going to get her energy back. And Michael, it's not just little girls. Little boys are dressing up as Ray as well in those Star Wars lands, in those Disney parks. And that's yeah. a positive, too, that people are finding a connection to her regardless of their gender or how they identify. And that's a positive thing for that character overall. Um, but the time periods are really interesting. If we look at the time periods for me, we're looking at the dawn of the Jedi in Mangold's movie. That's the beginning of the Jedi. And if you go to um, Obad Chinoy's film, that is the rebuilding of a new Jedi yeah, order. So very interesting how those two, two might be connecting in some, some way here. But again, the Filoni one is going to be what it's going to be. I have no doubt what that is. But those two are going to be very interesting how they're establishing the Jedi Order again and beginning the Jedi Order. What well, are you guys' thoughts about the the um, subject matter in these films? A, a couple things. One, this is where, if if they're smart, now we'll <laughs> see. Uh, we'll see. But the there's a through line here, even though they're like radically, even though one is like it's a Dawn of the Jedi, one is post Rise of Skywalker, one is let's see what Filoni did with all these Mandalorians and uh, Ahsoka and Rebels yeah. and everything and Thrawn and all of the stuff that he's doing. But yeah, there is a through line of who the Jedi are. Uh, the beginning yeah. of the Jedi, how the Jedi came to be the beginnings of what the Jedi were supposed to be that led to them becoming this order. And then because Ahsoka is Ahsoka and is yeah. so integral to all of this stuff, and we'll get into the trailer in a little bit, but the world between worlds from Rebels that looks like it's represented pretty uh, importantly in this trailer. You've got Ezra Bridger, who is a Jedi who age-wise would arguably still be around, uh, maybe older later on. So like they're there, mm -hmm. and then Ray trying to rebuild this Jedi Order. And what even is the Jedi Order? Like, you right. know, we're going to, there's the dawn. We've seen what happens in the High Republic, and if you're reading those books, the Je the Jedi Order was great, but had a lot of issues there. If you watch Clone Wars into the prequel tr trilogy, Jedi Order had a lot of problems there. Luke tried to rebuild some shit, didn't go great. So Rey is now left as doing this thing. But what even is this supposed to be? And like, there might be a way that all three of these movies could play into each other, even though they're radically different. And if these all sort of weave together to tell this epic tale of the Jedi through the ages and some of the information that Rey has in her movie mm -hmm. leads us into the Mangold movie because she discovers this thing about the origins of the Jedi that we never knew. And then we get to see Ooh. that happen. Like, like, there's a way that all of these things could play and having all three of these directors announced and having them all kind of knowing and knowing that Filoni has been pretty good in the past is sort of building out these big connecting yeah. pieces. It makes me hope that like these are a little even though they're three completely separate movies set in different time periods. It makes me hope that they might be a little bit more thought through than our last trilogy was. It may be. <sighs> A new hope. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts <laughs> on where, <laughs> where they're placing these and the subject matter of these uh, of these films. You know, something I hadn't really considered until Vogel brought it up was, you know, you have whoever this first Jedi is going to be. Yeah. You have Ahsoka. You have Rey. Um, it makes me think, and this is a silly, this is a silly uh, uh, 
touch point. Um, but it makes me think of that made for TV movie Chiefs, where it was three different police chiefs in three separate three separate times and how oh, each one's experience bled into the other. And the la- I just remember the last chief was played by Billy D. Williams. So <laughs> that's where that's where my head always goes. I mean, right. hearing that they, that, it, you know, three movies were announced that, you know, on the surface do look very kind of disparate in terms of the time period. But then thinking about like, all right, well, what are they actually tackling? Uh, the the one who started it, the one who was able to continue it, right. and the one who maybe is finishing it. Like I, I, I think that's I think that's really thematically. I think that's really really exciting. Is that what they're going to do? Eh, maybe not. I mean, it could be three completely separate stories on their own. But the thing that they are doing, the, the thing that does make me um, optimistic about the uh, Shinoi film is that they are building out from what they've established. They are going forward Mm. in time because even though we do have a significant amount of time um, in between the stories that we've been told that you can explore, um, you know, the the future is where you have to go at some point. So the fact that they are breaking ground there, I do think that is really promising um, for the future, not just of the storytelling, but for the future of the brand. Yeah, I mean, I like it's going to be interesting because they may not be a trilogy, Michael, but it doesn't mean they can't be somehow connected. As I think you were alluding to, there could be some connective tissue with all three of these films because, right, one film is going to be about the start of the, the beginning of the Jedi Order from the beginning, but we're going to get Obad Chinoy's film first, which is about Ray starting a new Jedi Order. So, what's going to be presented in that film that we're going to see fleshed out in the other film? The, the Mangold film that is the beginning of the Jedi Order. And as we go through the, um, as we go into that Ray film, do we possibly see Grogu, an older Grogu showing up in that Ray film as the new Yoda of that version of that? Because that time would work, right? If it would still, if well, he's still around. I mean, he might be like 10. <laughs> He'd be a little oh, young. Fair. He'd still be. He'd still be a little young to be the new Yoda. But okay. yeah. But look. But I. But I don't. Yoda but I don't think. Presence. Like but that. I don't think that you are wrong. Yeah. In that, if we and I, everybody who's in this chat right now, y'all can agree with me. Yeah. If we all saw a trailer wait, wait, wait. for that I'm, Star I'm, wait, Wars movie, hold on. If we saw. Wait, why would Grogu be ten? Isn't Grogu in the future? Isn't that like way in the Grogu yeah, is five be... years after Return of the Jedi, where he's about fifty, but he's an he's an infant. But the sequel trilogy is farther down the road, right? He doesn't so... mean he doesn't mean actual ten. He means that by the time that Grogu Appearance. is one hundred and fifty. That when Grogu's 150, he's still going to be relatively young in Yoda years, so he's not going to be the old. Gotcha. Sorry, sorry. Thank you um, for clarifying that. Go ahead. Sorry. But sorry. Yeah. if we all if we all go see the trailer for this new movie, yeah. and you have one shot at the end of the trailer of Rey talking to a room full of Jedi, and then it pans over and you see like teenage Grogu, oh. everyone's going to lose their goddamn minds. Like and, like people are just going to like scream and pass out in the movie theater. Because, like, they won't be able to handle it. Like, it's just like... And the other thing I'll say yeah, yeah. is, I look, I, I, I feel like John Boyega has been pretty clear on... Doesn't doesn't love his time in a galaxy far, far away. Sure, sure. Didn't, didn't love it. And he's right to not love it. I think Finn was a character that had all the potential in the world. And by the time you got to Rise of Skywalker, you were kind of like... Okay, I guess, but like, but, but I, I do hope particularly like, you know, you get to the end of Rise of Skywalker and they kind of throw it in there. Oh, by the way, I'm force sensitive too. 
Um, and I know, like, if you watch any of, like, the Lego specials, the Lego Star Wars specials, they've picked up on that thread. Yeah. Like, a lot of the Lego specials deal with Rey sort of trying to show Finn the ropes. Yes. And if John Boyoga didn't want to come back to Star Wars, I 1,000% understand and respect that decision. But it would be pretty great to actually see Finn the Jedi doing stuff with Rey the Jedi and Grogu the Jedi and some old Ezra Bridger being like, let me tell you about my time back in the day when I got taken by the space whales. Like, that would be some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought your master was tough. Mine couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask the question that <clears throat> I want to ask, and this may be a reason why, one of the reasons why the Obad Chinoy one might be coming first. Are we getting a Mark Hamill Force Ghost? Are we getting Luke Skywalker as a Force Ghost showing up in that Ray film as a guide? I think that is a distinct possibility. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know he's he he is still on the table, and when you put that you know uh, 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 Force Ghost hologram filter, I mean Mark Hamill could be ten years older, and and they can make him look how they want him to look. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would say that he's absolutely on the table. I. And again, I don't want to put too much hope in this movie because as somebody said earlier in the chat, when it comes to Star Wars, we have our highs and we have our less highs. <laughs> I'm not going to say lows, but we have our less highs. Um, I really dislike Luke the Force Ghost in Rise of Skywalker. Okay, okay. It's one of many things I dislike about Rise of Skywalker. Sure, sure. So on the one hand, I'm kind of like, let's just let Luke Skywalker rest. But... On the other hand, the idea of seeing a Luke Force Ghost Ray situation that was actually really, really great, that would be awesome. Like, like I would I kind of want, I would love my last look at Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars saga to be something that I can really get behind and not him being like, don't throw your lightsaber, here's your X-Wing, boop, boop, boop. Like, I'd rather have. I'd rather have something a little bit more. Where does Luke work in the Catskills? What are you doing right now? <laughs> now, I don't really remember the rise of Skywalker, Johnny, but did he go boop, boop, boop? <laughs> During his Borscht Belt years. <laughs> Give me a C, a bouncy C. But no, listen, now let me throw another one out at you guys, which is really uncomfortable. Do we get a Force Ghost Leia? That is, uh, you know, done no. through the no. miracle of technology no. and a force ghost. Um, uh, Kylo, is that because he got redeemed? So could he be a force ghost, even though he was a Sith? Leia, I would say, is a hard no. Okay. Um, but Adam Driver? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you could, I mean, honestly, you could get a force, uh, force ghost Anakin that's very pop. I don't know, but I don't know what the connection would be to her. Cause she doesn't have a connection with Anakin necessarily. Luke's dad. She, yeah. she literally talked to every Jedi in the history of Jedi to fight Palpatine in the last five minutes of that movie. So that's true. she did. Everyone's on the table, but I do think, I think all of this is possible, but I also okay. think, and again, what I appreciate about Filoni Rather than us obsessing over who can we drag out of the Star Wars toy box mm. and prop up to get us all excited, it's like, 
but who else is out there? And again, like I know we can all argue Last Jedi all day long, but what I loved about Ryan Johnson's, one of the things I think is good about Last Jedi is this idea that there are all these force sensitive children out there. Like there is this whole world yeah. of new Jedi yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, Rey, that Rey should be interacting with. And in a world where I have no idea what the government is gonna be like post uh, First Order with the New Republic having been exploded 15 yeah. years. As, so 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, the galaxy is picking up the pieces, trying to figure out what the fuck to do now. And she's running around and there's force users and some good, some bad. And she's trying to figure out what to do. Like there's so much story there that like, yeah. absolutely like force ghosts on the table, Obi-Wan Kenobi force ghosts, Qui-Gon force ghosts. We've all, we've seen them all be used really well. So I think yeah. her having a conversation with some of the older Jedi, but like, to pull like an Avatar of the Last Airbender moment, like Aang being able to talk to all of the past avatars at different points yeah. and all of them having vastly different advice for him given where they were. There's, I can see as I'm arguing, I'm talking myself into wanting to see that as I'm talking myself out of it. Like, like it just, <laughs> it all depends on execution. Yeah, yeah. Um, Haskell says, bring back Broom Boy. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna bring back Broom, Broom Boy, man. Come on. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a good point. Because you've got. <laughs> He's here to sweep up the galaxy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You've got uh, Bo-Katan now in this season of The Mandalorian being tasked with bringing all the Mandalorians back to retake Mandalore. Daisy really, in essence, Ray would be going to find all the Jedi or maybe the Jedi would be, you know, assembling someplace and that they would be training there might, there must be a villain. There must be a point to all of this. What are they going after? It's going to be really interesting. And someone mentioned as well that we could have a lineup. What was the lineup here? Oh, God, I'm trying to find it. But someone mentioned the lineup of people and be like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. If we, we could get Ray, Ahsoka, Finn, Ezra, and Grogu all on screen. People would lose their hmm. shit. I mean, people would lose. It was like the starting lineup of the Chicago Bulls with Jordan. It, people would lose their shit if you saw that, I think. The sports. The sports is what I'm trying to say. Um, by the way, Tushka, you're watching right now. Tushka, brother, I love you. Thanks for the graphics. Any chance you can send me a graphic that removes the Carbon Health logo now that they're not sponsoring us anymore? If you could do it before the end of the show, it would be appreciated. But if not, sometime this weekend, I would love it because uh, they're no longer sponsoring us, but we love and respect them very much. So just throwing it out there for you. Yes, Air Grogu. Yes. <laughs> Emotion. Um we're about at the halfway point or about a half an hour in. Do you guys want to take a break and then we'll jump into the Ahsoka trailer and talk the Indiana Jones trailer? Good for you guys. Let's do sure. it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Gotta walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer practice, then there goes the extra time for a jog. <sighs> That's okay. Maybe next week. When everyone else relies on you, it's easy to put your needs last. Therapy is a dedicated time to focus on what you need to be happy. So you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. BetterHelp offers convenient online therapy on your schedule. 
It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want, by chat, phone, or video call. Go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. I think that's the best one he's ever done. I got to be honest with you. That was I mean, it was pretty good. All right. The Ahsoka teaser trailer. There was so much in this Ahsoka teaser trailer. We got way more in terms of uh, the characters that we are seeing in this thing. Ray Stevenson. Thank the Lord that Ray Stevenson has finally gotten to be in a project that can showcase him as well as Rome did. It's been so goddamn long. And I know you Punisher Warzone people want to defend his work in there. <laughs> but like, God damn it. It's so, he looks so fucking awesome. We got Thrawn. We got Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was there at Star Wars Celebration to be part of the announcement. She is Harrison Dula. Uh, we got Ezra Bridger. We got Sabine. Natasha Lee Bordizo bringing such great energy to the Sabine. So um, I started with Mikey on the other stuff. So Shannon, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the action sequences, the story we got, or the hints of the story we got, and uh, where we're going with this Ahsoka series uh, coming out this trailer. Rosario Dawson just looks fantastic, wielding, you know, dual-wielding lightsabers. She just looks so freaking cool. And the tone that they're setting for this, and and because it is Star Wars, like we know there's going to be some levity in it, but the tone that they're setting for this is so serious and it is so somber um yeah i mean i thought the action looked great i mean again i a big ray stevenson fan from rome getting to see an old titus pulo you know a, a, a holding a red lightsaber it, it just looked awesome getting to see chop like a, a really good like proper look at chopper a proper chopper that was yes. it, it was just super super satisfying and seeing li- li- uh, live action lothal it was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Like, you know, you're remembering all these things from uh, Rebels that you just uh, really, 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 really loved. And okay, so okay, so, so I just saw P4 said orange sabers. I was I was going to say, yeah, the yeah. red looked oh, a yeah. little light. Are they orange? Yeah, they're those orange. Are, those are orange yeah. lightsabers. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Wielding an, an orange lightsaber. Um, yeah, it just looked really, really great. I mean, you, you get to see Sabine still looking at that little hologram of Ezra. Um, have, I mean, they have, are there rumors about who's Thrawn? Is it Mickelson? Have they, have they said? They have, they have not confirmed one way or They've no. not said it, but like people are like, I love people on Twitter thinking that they are somehow head experts going, well, that's clearly Mickelson's head. I'm like, oh, oh, really? Please draw me the diagram. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but just everything across the board. I mean, just a, a lot of the action just was so well framed. Getting to watch her leap out that window as she slices it and that just that shattering. It was just 
it's the type of action that just makes you uh, uh, get on the edge of your seat. And knowing how good Dave Filoni is with Ahsoka, it's a really, it's a really, really good trailer, and it's just really, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, phrenology. That's it. Thank you, Travis. Phrenology. <laughs> phrenology. There you go. Bunch of phrenologists on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, an archaeologist, man? It's the size of my hand. What do you want? Uh, Michael, your thoughts your thoughts on this and what we got in this trailer um, with all the different characters and, yeah, those orange lightsabers. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody kind of assumed that this was basically Rebels season four or five. What was the last season of Rebels? How many seasons was Rebels? Three? Yeah, it was four, wasn't it? Four, I was think. It four? Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is the next season of Rebels. Like, that's what everybody kind of assumed, and that – is what this is. I mean, like, like to Shannon's point, like you watch this and you see Lothal, you see Hera, you see Chopper, you see Sabine. Like, you're like, oh, this is, this is like, you watch that last episode of Rebels right now and then you watch this trailer and it might as well be like coming next season and in all the best ways. Yeah. Um, It just looks epic. It just looks, I, look, I love, I love, I love all of the things that we've gotten in Star Wars recently that are, Jedi less. I mean, Ooh. like, like Andor's great. And I know that we have a dark saber and Grogu is using the force to help Lizzo play her games, but, Oof. uh, we, it's not really like huge Jedi, Jedi, Jedi. So seeing Ahsoka, seeing these mysterious new villains with their orange lightsabers, seeing just lightsaber battles, like it, there's just something about it that you're just like, Oh yes, give it to me. And, and look, this is a story that Filoni has been planning for a long time. Yeah. Like this yeah. isn't, Hey, we should make a cool series. Let's figure out what it is. Like there's a story here. Like when Filoni sent Ezra and Thrawn away, he had thoughts and we're about to see those thoughts. I think it's very key that Ahsoka in the trailer refers to Thrawn as the heir of the empire. Yeah. That, <laughs> if you're, if, if you're a hardcore nerd, I know all those star Wars books, uh, all got decanonized when the new trilogy was announced, but the very first star Wars novel yep. before there was 80,000 star Wars novels, heir to the empire, Timothy Zahn yeah. introduced grand Admiral Thrawn as this post return of the Jedi threat. That was this huge threat. And so even though they brought Thrawn in early in rebels, the fact that he's kind of coming back around now and becoming this post-Return of the Jedi mm -hmm. giant threat that I think is going to become a big enough threat that Thrawn is going to take himself right into this Filoni movie and that this is the beginning of that, like, that's just exciting. Yeah. Like, that's just great storytelling, and it's, once again, taking a lot of that legend stuff that was decanonized but reinterpreting it and bringing it back, like... It's awesome. And like I said earlier, look, one of the weirder parts of Star Wars Rebels in the Force Jedi area is this world between worlds. Yes. This place that Ahsoka went to, that Ezra found, that sort of a little bit of Jedi time travel weirdness that uh, allowed Ahsoka to sort of skip the original trilogy. But um, this cool, weird place that was explored in one episode of Rebels a lot of the cave paintings, a lot of the stuff that we see in the beginning of the trailer has the similar circles that sort of reference that. And at one point she's fighting and it looks like she's actually in the world between worlds. So Palpatine wanted it. 
back in rebels this might be a really key part of this story what these orange lightsaber wielding people are looking for like just some really interesting possibilities and like if it's not clear already if you haven't watched rebels go ahead and start now because it's basically required viewing at this point you gotta catch up yeah i mean the shots in this trailer are just badass and i the thing that came to me and i said this in my trailer reaction which is up on the channel i said she's very much now this character like when we first saw her first appear as ahsoka there were criticisms about the look there criticisms about how she's carrying it but then when we saw her again there was a little more confidence here and seeing her in this in this trailer you just see she's very much our ahsoka live action ahsoka and i know Ashley Eckstein, absolutely, for many people, the number one, no problem. Just like Kevin Conroy is the number one Batman. I get it. But her, we see now, she is our live-action Ahsoka, and that was great to see in the trailer. Seeing Mary Elizabeth Winstead as well, I absolutely buy – she totally looks like Harrison Dula. Glad to see her energy in this. I've always been a fan of Mary Elizabeth, so great to see her embracing this and her flying the, the ghost there. It was great to see her and with Chopper, as Shannon said. But then we get – to this character right here. <laughs> yes, they are orange lightsabers, Shannon. This he's playing a character named Balin. He is a dark side wielder who's not necessarily a Sith, but not a Jedi anymore. And they're called Dark Jedi. We've heard Gray Jedi. I've even called Ahsoka a Gray Jedi, but this is something new uh, in terms of the character that we're getting. And then another character that we got here, which might be interesting because we saw her walking amongst the temples. We saw her looking at those uh, designs that are in the ground and stuff. We get this character. Some of you may remember this character coming back into our lives as well to be a part of this whole situation. This is voiced by David Tennant. And he is one of those people that brings to life this care, this, the idea of the, the Jedi lightsabers, right? So this is, what yeah. I thought was fascinating. Huang is the character voiced by Tenet, and that is who we see here in this trailer as well, along with all the other stuff that we get. So there is so much history here within this trailer and new stuff that's being presented that I think is fantastic to enjoy and uh, kind of just savor here for Ahsoka. Yeah, I thought that uh, that character that uh, Ivana Sokno is playing, yes. for a second I thought that was Palm uh, uh, Clemente. Because <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Palm's in this? Yeah. But then looking back, and but that's another character who seems to be like she's probably Ray Stevenson's apprentice, I'm guessing. Partner. Yeah, I would imagine um, so, yeah. But again, she's another character that, um, again, just from a, a filmed aspect, I mean, she just looks awesome like the 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 vibe that we're getting from both of them is that they are going to be formidable formidable villains yeah yeah and like and that's a double and that's a double villain whammy i mean if you think about it like so you've got these new dark jedi or whatever uh you know whatever whatever their goal is uh which looks like it might be surrounding the world between worlds possibly yes and then you've got you've got thrawn coming back and you've got thrawn kind of you know I, i i think I know, I know that like the, like Filoni and Favreau and everybody with season three of Mandalorian sort of building into what they did with uh, first uh, the first order and everything in the new trilogy is a mixed bag. Some people love it, some people hate it. Right. But this thirty year gap between Return of the Jedi and uh, the Force Awakens, where we might actually get to see Thrawn rise up and do all this shit and kind of justify how the first order got to happen. Like if they can make that awesome with Thrawn, like I think a lot of us will be like, all right, cool. I'm in. I bought it. I love it. 
Yeah, Mike, that is clearly Mickelson's head. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clearly. <laughs> Dr. John, phrenologist for hire. <laughs> it's about measuring the head and the shape of the ears. Yeah, I mean, look, it'd be great if it's him, but I like that they didn't show it yet because they clearly know who they've cast in the role. They're going to wait to announce. I'm really surprised they didn't announce it at Star Wars Celebration because this show is around the corner. It's coming out in August. It's not that far away, guys. We're in the fourth month of the year already, and we're done with the first week of the fourth month. We're in the second week of the fourth month of the year. That tells you something. We're only just, what, four months away from this yeah. thing coming out. So they, I'm really surprised they didn't announce it here. Maybe at the Ahsoka panel, which I think is tomorrow or, or Sunday. Oh, and like they'll have him, that'll be a big announcement. Yep. Like I Vin Diesel will walk out on stage, and they'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, Vin Diesel, Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about the empire. The empire. It's all about the empire. <laughs> oh. Clone this, Palpatine. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, all right. I, I'm down to see this. I really love the trailer. Can't wait to see more. I'm sure there are plenty of videos already being made or up there for people breaking down all the Easter eggs in the stuff. So it's going to be curious to see. Let's make a little bit of a detour and move to Indiana Jones. Uh Shannon, I thought about you the whole time I did a trailer reaction for this one. I got to say, I'm going to start off here and say, this was my favorite uh, Indiana Jones trailer yet for Dial of Destiny. I really was 100% dialed into this. Enjoyed this uh, <laughs> with the approach and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed the approach. I enjoyed the story. Phoebe Waller-Bridge was seamless in this. Seeing more of Mads Mikkelsen and then understanding what that Dial of Destiny means or could mean and having Mads say... I'm going to repair the mistakes that Hitler did. And it's so interesting because those films were fun for what they were when they dealt with the Nazis as a faraway thing. We're dealing with this nonsense now in real time. And so what commentary is this film going to have that's going to feel topical? So it's so interesting to see it come at this time. Shannon, I know I went to you first, but I'm going to go to you first on this one because it's Indiana Jones. Please, there are thoughts on this trailer. I I mean... On on the heels of 1923 and shrinking, getting some more old Harrison Ford, it just makes just makes my heart happy. Um, and you know we now we do get confirmation that Helena is uh, Toby Jones's daughter. Yes, and uh, so I'm 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 hold, I'm crossing my fingers that there's some sort of Marcus Brody connection, just because I'm like don't like, bring him. Come on, come on. Um, but no, I mean, I thought, I thought it looked really good. I mean, this is the, this is the trailer that I wanted during the Super Bowl when mm. we only got, you know, when we got our little, when we got our teaser. Um, seconds, yeah. so yeah, just seeing the fact like Indiana Jones on a subway next to a kid who's dressed up like an astronaut, like you're literally looking at, at a guy who has his, his time is done. He's like, all right, it's, it's, it's time for me to go. And seeing the relationship between him and Helena that, you know, he was, he, he's her godfather, Mm-hmm. clearly some things have changed where she's become a little bit more of a trickster um i just thought I, I was just really really happy i mean i like that even though antonio banderas is a new character like he's yeah. not new to indiana jones like just in, antonio banderas i mean I, I was a big fan of the new puss in boots like i thought he did such yeah. wonderful voice work in it um but he's one of those he's one of those actors that is able to inject history into his voice. And granted, he doesn't say a whole lot in this, but just his expression, uh, the way he says Indy's name, like, I just thought it was great. I was just so, so happy. And again, knowing that Mangold is coming back to direct a Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. is like, okay, 
Lucasfilm, the powers that be, they seem to be happy with what he turned out. So fingers crossed that this is going to be good. And it's opening uh, uh con film festival. So yes. we're going to find know, out yeah. soon. Yeah. All, yeah. all, all arrows point to this is going to be good. So yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. Yeah, and interestingly, even without even without getting into the trailer, the fact that Mangold is directing the Star Wars movie, like Shannon said, made me go, "Oh, they're happy." <laughs> like, yeah, well, they were happy about Ryan Johnson. We saw how that turned out. So I, you no, know, no, this is a little bit. This is a little bit different. They, uh, they sort of jumped. Like they announced the Ryan Johnson stuff. Well, no, you're right. They were clearly happy with Last Jedi until they were responded. You were you you were right. They clearly were. But uh, but yeah, like all signs point to they're feeling really good about this. Now we might all see this and go, eh, what were you thinking? But I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Dial of Destiny might actually erase Crystal Skull for a lot of us. So I think that will be good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Toby Jones reveal that that's that's who. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is uh, is is related to, and that's kind of the the relationship i liked i liked the marcus brody thing when shannon said it i was like that would be lovely from a nostalgia standpoint from a narrative standpoint particularly since it seems like we're gonna be going back and forth in time a lot more than maybe we thought we were i kind of originally it was like oh are we gonna see like the opening of the indiana jones movie is gonna be this de-aged adventure and it's gonna inform stuff but i actually think we're gonna be bouncing back and forth a little bit more than we thought we were, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's so great that they got the de-aging technology seemingly right on this one. Um, so I think, though, like that, that this whole – the idea that we're going to get a lot more of younger Indy going on this adventure with Toby Jones and having then older Indy going on this adventure with her yeah. and kind of building those sort of uh, relationships within movie and those parallels – that could be really good storytelling. Like that yeah. sounds really, really interesting. And kind of like Shannon said, or like you said, um, the fact that the Nazis were always sort of our like, oh, mustache twirling villains, but that the threat of Nazis and the rise of Nazis again is sort of the thing that's going on here when we are currently dealing with a bunch of Nazis running around in the real world being like, are you still here? Yeah. Uh, feels, feels right. Feels yeah. right. So yeah, yeah I, this was a really like it's so funny when like sometimes like with ahsoka a trailer is just like fuck yeah i'm so excited with indie it all looks great but it was almost like a sigh of relief yeah yeah <laughs> like you watch the trailer and you went okay i think i think i can get excited i think okay i'm good i'm good i'm good we're good everybody feel all right feel all right we just threw the we threw the sand out and saw the bridge finally to get to the <laughs> Um, I like this. The planet of Yevon Yeva said, uh, Dial of Redcon. That's what it is. The Dial of Redcon. Maybe, maybe we shall see. No, yeah. no, no. That's the dial. That's the dial that Filoni and Favreau carry around with them when they're working on Mandalorian season three. Because you've got an Ahsoka trailer that's dealing with possibly the world within worlds going back to see what's going there. And then you've got something like this that might be time traveling, which would be real interesting uh, to see how they're going to make it all work. But, I mean, but- some people are saying mm-hmm. and I and I feel this falls under that force ghost category of maybe, but also it makes me nervous. Like, are we going to actually be revisiting some of the other movies? Like, yeah, are we going to see, too. are we going to see moments from Raiders or Temple of Doom or uh, Last Crusade? I don't think we're going to see much of Crystal Skull. No. But like, do are we going to see some moments from those other movies, which is either going to be super cheese 
or holy shit, this is now the penultimate, not penultimate, this is the ultimate Indiana Jones movie. Well, we did get a boulder in this one, so who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll be going back in time. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, because um, um, Marion Ravenwood is supposed to make an appearance. There was talk about that uh, Indiana Jones spinoff series, but according to Jeff, that's dead now. The Abner Ravenwood series is dead, so they may just be going. And and it's uh, I think uh, Harrison came out yesterday and said, uh, "This is it. There's no more Indiana Jones for me. Like I'm done officially. This is it. So this may be the last Indiana Jones film we see." Yeah in our lifetime or maybe for a very long time before they finally decide to reboot it I, all over again. So, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I know we all talked about this. I'm okay with that. I mean, I know we're yes. living in the world now where we want all of our stories to continue on and who's picking up the torch and how are we continuing this? And when it comes to things like star Wars, like I think star Wars is a galaxy that's big enough with a, with a, with enough going on and all these different characters that you could potentially continue to tell stories in this universe. And as long as they're great, it's good. But Indiana Jones is a singular character. Yes. And I don't know that this universe works without him. Yeah. And I don't necessarily need someone to pick up the torch and be the new Indiana Jones. Or I don't like, I don't, I don't know that I need it. I'm kind of happy yeah. if this movie is the Picard season three of the Ooh. Indiana Jones uh, movies. And then we're like, all right, that was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Kiwi Kwan get to continue it as short round. Like I, 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 w I wouldn't hate that idea. I think, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's such a hard character to think who else can we put the fedora on? Who else can we make this work with? Um, you know, I, I, and I know it's very unlikely, but I do think animation is a place that Indiana Jones could go. I really wish sure. they would 100%. take that opportunity to tell those kind of smaller adventures. My guess is they probably won't. Right. Um, but uh, here, here's hoping that this is the, this is the send off that Harrison Ford deserves as his character. Yeah, I will say this just to wrap up my feelings on the trailer. I, I, I was like, I don't want to see an 80-year-old man try to do this shit, right? I was not on board. But after this trailer, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Uh, because he looked very much. I mean, the fact that he's starting out asleep on his couch, the him sitting there grabbing his briefcase uh, in, a, in a subway where he's like, this ain't my people, this ain't my time, the retirement thing. Phoebe Waller Bridges energy. By the way, they're you know they're talking about her possibly directing the next James Bond film. I'd be so excited to see what she would do with that. And she sees she seems so seamlessly perfect here in their interactions. And then I mean the scene taking that fucking horse into the subway, having boy chase. I mean all of that stuff. The the car chase scene, Salah yelling at him to go get it. Like all this stuff just a hundred percent works. And like you said, Michael, you're like. Okay, I think we are in good hands. We doubted it. We weren't sure, but I think now we can relax. And that final fucking sound cue, I got emotional, man. Hearing hearing the theme at the end come in near the end of the film, uh, trailer rather, but then boom, that dun dun dun. dun I was like, <clears throat> so I, I thought that was great for all my criticisms of Indiana Jones as a character in terms of what he does and the some of the problematic stuff. I still love that character. So having that moment was great. You know, so shout out to this trailer. 
Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Um, let's, I know Shannon, we only have you for a few more minutes. So let's, let's hit some of these stream labs and super chats, uh, before we move on to the rest of star Wars stuff. AZ Badfish says, just send him my support because I fucking love you geek buddies. Oh, thank you. I am two fly cam says, hello people. Star Wars celebration was better than I thought. One worrying question I have with Lucasfilm's recent history. What are the chances that if Indy five, Indy five bombs, good point. They pulled the plug on Mangold's film out of panic. Like they did with Josh Trank like they've done before with other uh, directors. Do you think that would be a possibility, gentlemen? I don't think Indiana Jones is going to bomb. Do I think it's going to make a billion dollars? It could. It might not. Um, But I don't think it's going to bomb on the level that, like, Trank's Fantastic Four did that ultimately led to them killing his movie. Um, uh, You know... You you did mention, John, about how in the lead up to Last Jedi that, you know, they were very high on Ryan Johnson. They they announced yeah. this trilogy. And while I will say, like, yes, they 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 were obviously happy with it. The being the divisive movie that it is, the people that were happy with it were really, really happy with true, it. Very true. So I, I, I don't think um, Mangle directing Star Wars is any sign of uh I don't think it's any sign that that necess- that Indiana Jones is going to be that divisive. I think it's they they see something that could be really really great and like you know what that's lock, lock this guy down for another movie. And Mangold has a very very proven track record. Um, yes, you know with Ford versus Ferrari, with Logan, with Walk the Line. I mean he's a really really good filmmaker. Plus it's not a trilogy; it's one movie, right? So right. it's a different approach. Michael, your thoughts? You think there's anything could happen there? I I don't think so. Uh, like Shannon said, I. People might ultimately be not happy with Indiana Jones, but I don't think it's going... There's no way that movie just tanks. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just doesn't... It's not going to happen. Like, the hype is too big. It's Indiana Jones. It's Harrison. Like, I think people are going to... It might not perform to the level that they're hoping it performs, or yeah. it might surpass all our expectations. So, but I don't think it's going to be that. And I also think... I, I don't know. Like, I... Shannon's right. We've had a lot of Star Wars movies announced and a lot of Star Wars movies disappear. Yeah. Something about this announcement feels a bit more confident. Yeah. Agreed. Like walking all three of those directors out, one of whom has been carrying the Star Wars torch for a significant portion of time for us yeah, yeah. and saying, these are the three. Here's what the movies are. Here's Daisy Ridley's back. Like it just feels like there's a little bit more guys it's taken us a while but we have a plan to this and i think they'll execute on this plan i could be wrong like i could be sitting here six months from now being like where'd that movie go but uh i i I think i it feels more confident to me this time yeah i i think i agree with you and also i think everything had to happen with mandalorian and with ahsoka and all the stuff for them to be able to walk filoni out and the star wars audience get crazy excited that he's going to direct the next feature film. I think you had to go through all that stuff. And I think they announced him at the right time, as opposed to a few years ago when they were doing stuff there for Star Wars Celebration. By the way, thank you to Tushka for being able to change our graphics so quickly. Oh, where'd it go? 
and, and, you know, now the different variations. When you get a chance, you know, Roka Vogel, Roka McClung, you know, and when you get a chance, though, no rush. <laughs> but thank you very much for this, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, stream uh, here uh, from uh, Raquel One or Raquel-I-L-E-L-E One. I think I'm your average Star Wars fan. Really like 7-8, but disappointed with 9. Loved Andor, but really disappointed by Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, Mando Season 3. I think these next films are the most important for Star Wars long-term survival. Will it survive if they don't smash it? Yes. Okay. Yes, it, it, okay. It, it'll survive. I mean, it could lose some of its staying power, which as we're kind of seeing yeah. with the MCU with Quantumania, like there, there is... There is kind of a saturation point, which, I mean, in the wake of Solo, I think they did make the right decision. Like, let's pump the brakes and let's really kind of come up with a let's really have a plan before we do this again. And part of that plan, unfortunately, right, that thus far has been some announcing and then them not making the movies. Now, as a fan, it's annoying because, you know, the idea of like a Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie, like, man, that's great. They they hit the brakes because it wasn't going well. Yeah. Um, so you know the the idea that if the next three movies are all just garbage, um, you know James Bond is is if not the it is the longest franchise in in cinema history, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they've had some stinkers. So you know Star Wars it 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 could lose some of its some of its shine. Yeah. But time kind of heals all wounds. I mean, at the end of episode three, like the, the folks that grew up with the original trilogy were like, ah, I'm done. A um, couple of years later, when Clone and, Wars came out. And yet, and yet here we all are. And today. yet here we are. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of years ago, a couple of years later, when Clone Wars comes out, everybody jumps back on. Force Awakens comes out. That was one of the most crowded, crowded experiences I've had at a theater. So, mm, you know, will it lose some of the shine? Temporarily. But okay. ultimately, I think Star Wars is part of our is part of our our culture and it is going to keep coming back no no matter what people want it yeah go ahead uh Mike. <laughs> yeah i mean star wars look I, I see some people talking about it in the chat there's a lot of people that are really mad right now about mandalorian season three they're not thrilled with this they're not thrilled with that but like we're if you're sitting at the Star Wars table these days, you're eating pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Like, even like, you know, Shannon was mentioning Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, definitely have my problems with Kenobi. I don't think it's the best of the Star Wars shows, but there's a lot of stuff that I really love. Just yeah. seeing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen together again was a thrill all on its own. Seeing Darth Vader be scary and badass. Like, so it's like, I don't think these movies with the talent that's attached to them, I don't think that we are going to get and no offense to J.J. Abrams. Obviously, I like I like Last Jedi. There's there was good talent attached there too. I don't think there was a plan. Yeah. And even though these three movies aren't attached to each other, I think there's a plan. And even if the plan doesn't go perfectly, and even if there's moments that make us groan, uh, I think all in all, we're still living in a we're doing good as Star Wars fans moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, we have a commentary from someone who was upset with Michael's uh, Shannon's earlier comment. Uh, what James Bond movies you think suck there, champ? Uh, what are you talking about there, champ? So, not a fan. Not a fan of your criticism. I have, of a, yes. I have a request. Yes. Sure. Can we make this put a Kalinowski picture up and like do Kalinowski's voice? And just, can we make this a regular part of Geek Buddies, please? I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, champ, I thought you said you didn't like Batman versus Superman, but uh, you like this movie? Uh, what do you think about that? What's that all about, champ? 
Um, all right, let's move on to some more of these because I know Shan's got to get out of here. Winsmack says, hey, buds, the Legends books of, of New Jedi Order intros gray Jedi with yellow lightsabers like Rey's as well as Yuzon Vong, who are immune to the Force and are hugely unique antagonists. Thoughts on seeing this on screen? Well, I think it'd be great. I'm sure every YouTube channel is like, oh, awesome, we get to do new content talking about these uh, great Jedi. Um, It's time to expand the Jedi beyond the standard Jedi thing. And if you're going to have these different uh, Jedi represent certain sections of the Jedi Order, I think it's, or versions of Jedi, right? Not even Jedi Order, but versions of Jedi, like anything else, look, you know, like religion was sliced into a bunch of different types of religion. That's the standard thing. And you could argue Jedi is a bit of a religion. So it would make sense that there'd be different versions of this that would still adhere to some core principles, but interpret them differently. So having yeah. a dark Jedi, having gray Jedi, all of it appearing here, I think it'd be, they just have to do a good job of explaining it. And without it seeming like exposition, you know, that would well, be like, like, if you're a, if you're a high Republic person yeah, uh, and you've been keeping up with high Republic in the battle of Jeddah book that came out recently, that's part of the new, uh, the new era of high Republic. Yeah. Uh, it really delves into the fact that like back, back in the day, it wasn't just Jedi and Sith. There were a lot of force users yeah. uh, on the light side and the dark side that used the force in different ways that had different belief systems about the force. And I think that's one of the things they did really nicely in those books. And I, I can see a world where, and they kind of did this a little bit when they introduced the inquisitors. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. there's only two with the Sith, the master and an apprentice, but also there's all these other people because we want bad guys. So <laughs> I think that um so I think that I think that, you know, not just going, okay, well, Ray's trying to put the Jedi Order together, but at the same time, the Sith have risen again. Like, mm-hmm. give us some different force users, give us some different people, give us some different villains. I mean, the High Republic has the Nihil which are not oh, force yeah. users at all and are like some of the coolest villains in a long time in star Wars. So in addition to pulling from the legends canon and taking some of the stuff that's there, as far as uh, dark side users, gray Jedi, dark Jedi. Um, I think like in the high Republic, they're already establishing that like you can have a lot of people that use the force or, uh, or know how to deal with force users in a way that makes them very threatening that can really open up, the types of villains that we can see. Yeah, that's a fair point. Anything you want to add to that, Shannon? Good to go? Mm, good to go. Okay, Fantastic says, thanks, Geek Buddies. I'm happy to, I'm happy Star Wars moving is moving into the future because it's always been hard for me to be invested in the past if I know what happens in the future. Force Ghost Anakin, only if he's in chains like Jacob Marley. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are we going full a Coruscant Carol? <laughs> you will be visited by three jedi <laughs> i killed younglings in my past oh, yeah, no, no. oh my god i love that idea though and i i think we all agree moving forward going into the future even though they are going into the past as well it's all positive uh genghis connie <laughs> shout out to you genghis connie finally get to catch you guys live so wanted to show some support happy friday y'all Thank you, Genghis. Uh, Jake the Nerd says, I got to catch you all live. Excited about new movies, but I need trailers before really getting pumped. If the interpersonal Mando issues are correct, Kennedy needs to just produce. Kathleen Kennedy needs to just produce. She's good at that. Just, ugh, I, I, I don't know. I love Star Wars. It deserves better. I hope I interpreted that 
correctly for you, Jake. But yeah, I mean, um, Jeff better than that last better night, than Mando, but... better than Mando, better than Pedro. Is that the thing we're saying? Like better, I think better than Kathleen Kennedy. That's yeah, what it sounds like. If they deserve better than Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. So with the way she's handled some stuff in the past, because I mean, yeah. a rumor to have handled some stuff in the past. Of course, I want to make sure that's clear. That'll get us in trouble. But yeah, because Jeff last night reported that uh, you know he'd heard that uh, some other places, Grace Randolph, other people reported that there were issues. That Pedro had had issues with Star Wars with that situation. Uh, Jeff reported last night that that caused him to not be such a strong part of season three of Mandalorian. Only he can confirm that. And uh, the other part of it is that uh, uh, that it was Kathleen Kennedy, according to his sources, Jeff's sources, who who made uh, Favreau and Filoni put the reunion of Grogu and Mando in Boba Fett. That it was Kennedy ah. who made that decision, and Favreau did not want to do that, and that apparently caused a falling out between him and Kennedy and that he almost didn't come back to do season three of the Mandalorian because of that situation. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. if that, if that is indeed a, Hey, Kathleen Kennedy, we really need, if that, if she is the one who did that, like I would say with the exception of the debacle that is rise of Skywalker, yeah, yeah. uh, that mistake that they made with Mandalorian and putting those episodes and those big events yeah. in Boba Fett, that, that has really more so than the, and we could debate this all day long, but more yeah. so than whatever you think about the quality of Mandalorian season three, having those huge moments not happen in Mandalorian is I think the biggest mistake that has turned people off. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's 100% correct. All right, I've hit some of these super chats as well that have rolled through. I'm going to have to read them, guys. I can't bring them up on screen. They're so far back. Phil P said, I'm headed to Celebration on Monday. Woo! -hoo! Thank you, Phil. Yeah, Phil's, have in, fun. Phil's in London there. Vincent Zawada said, but I'm so, but I'm so excited for Mangold's movie. Absolutely. Uh, Phil P also said, happy Easter and happy Friday to all geeks everywhere. That's right. The happy Good and Friday. And happy Passover. And happy Passover. There you go. Good point. Uh, Rashawn Daly says, always remember that Ezra and Luke are the same age. Is that true? I, I didn't know they were the same age. So Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Well, what, Luke was supposed to be 19 in A New Hope? Yeah. I think, Luke, I think Ezra is a little bit older than Luke, but like just a little bit. Like, like they're, they'd be contemporaries. Yeah. Like, because what, Ezra, when we first, how old is Ezra when we meet him in Rebels? Like, like 14, 14. Yeah. 14, 15? No, you know, they're pro actually, they're pretty, that is pretty close to the same age. Okay, all right. I mean, if you think about how old is Luke in, in Kenobi, but Kenobi is yeah. older in, yeah, no, I think they're about the same age. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, Cooley High says, um, as a fan of this series, this trailer brings me tears because I remembered watching the Indiana Jones movies with my dad, and now I can share mm. a theatrical experience with my daughter. That's great. Aww. Yeah. That is fucking great, Cooley. Absolutely. Uh, Star Dazing says, Star Wars can only be restored without Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, I, I don't know about all that, but uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. You know. She's made $6 billion for the fucking franchise. Like, as much as you may want to complain, and I think there is valid reasons to complain, and no, it's not sexist, and no, it's not fucking misogynist. Every person, male or female, has good and makes mistakes. All of them do. So, to criticize her mistakes it's fair game just like but you've got to uplift her successes so you got to balance that out she made six billion dollars for that fucking franchise at least and these other things that have come around so has she made some mistakes yes but you know it's a balance that's all i'm saying uh all right uh shannon uh well, how much time do you have left you had to go 
Uh, I mean, I've, I've got a couple of minutes if there's one thing you okay. wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, do you, what, what trailer, like, I know there's a Marvel trailer with a, the Marvel trailer. Or do you want to, or do you want to talk about any of the stuff that was seen today? Shannon, you want to talk about Barbie before you leave, right? You want to <laughs> talk about Barbie? Hey it's man, Barbie. that Barbie, that Barbie trailer Barbie? is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Barbie trailer was one of the most clever things I've seen put out in a while. It was really, <laughs> really funny. Um, but no, you know what, uh, uh, Johnny? Is it okay if we talk about Blue Beetle? Please, let's do it. Let's do it. What do you we think? We got. Of Blue I thought that trailer was fantastic. I mean, I can't take credit for this. Our, our buddy Jonathan Gabay was the one who said it on our group text. Mm. Uh, prior to me watching it, he's like, it, it gives strong Miss Marvel vibes. And watching that trailer, seeing Jaime's family, um, seeing you know his relationship, like even like the sitting on the roof scene, where it's <laughs> like, yeah, that, that definitely vibes is one one way to call it. Right. Um, but just seeing the world, seeing a DC world where Ted Cord existed like yeah just seems so much fun and, and it's it's literally like the um the fun ver like the heroic version of venom like you see how jaime uh talks with the you know with the scarab and it was just it was just so so much fun and it, it's one of those films that it'll be really curious to see if they're able to hold on to it as we start this new this new version of DC. Um, if there was enough, if, if there was enough that connected it to the old version, that we're like, you know what, it's actually the new version. We hear George Lopez <laughs> call Batman a fascist, which some folks online had a real issue with. Yeah. Um, what one in particular that I'm thinking of? Um, I thought that line was hilarious. <laughs> Just watching his family as as the scarab, you know, kind of, you know, bonds with him. I mean, that was so much fun. So uh, uh, knowing that this movie's coming down the pipe, that they, you know, on the heels of Batgirl, you know, not being released. Um, I thought Blue Beetle just I thought it looked like so much fun. And uh, I hope it's good. OK. All right. Michael, your thoughts on Blue Beetle? Uh you know, I mean, not I like I, you know, I know I know Zachary Levi has had a rough time on social media ever since Shazam 2 came out. But, you know, one of the things that he said that I think was a little bit off base is he kind of take, came with this. I don't know why superhero movies can't just be fun. Like, why does everything have to be dark? Why does everything have to be this kind of taking all the criticism as his light and fun superhero romp was not what people wanted. And when you watch Blue Beetle, you're like, no. We love a light, fun superhero romp. This yeah. is what we want. This just looks really good. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, when we get, when you get into, again, not to beat up on anybody who worked on Shazam 2, uh, who all were clearly really passionate about working on it, yeah. but sometimes what you take away from a movie when it doesn't do well is, is the incorrect lesson. And if what you take away from Shazam 2 is people don't want light, we only want dark, then you just need to look at Blue Beetle and go, no, 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 like this is it. Like you like yeah. we just want really compelling stories that feel unique and new and fresh and like everything about the Blue Beetle thing. And look, I've always loved, I mean, when they did this whole reboot of Blue Beetle with Jaime Reyes, I thought it was awesome. I think the Scarab is awesome. I think Shannon is dead on accurate. It is Iron Man meets Venom. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what's cool about Jaime Reyes and the Scarab, that you have this Scarab that basically is a giant weapon that wants to kill everybody. And this kid yeah. that's like, can we not though? And that push and pull is really, really fun. Um, Susan Sarandon, I'm in. Come on. Like, come on, Susan Sarandon, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and also that what's really great about Blue Beetle is if they get him right, if they get this right, which 
I mean, we'll see the proof is in the in the movie, but the trailer yeah. just feels like it has all those things that you want out of a Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle movie. Right. Where you can take this character, regardless of the rest of the DC, but yeah. with the Reach, which is the alien race that has the scarabs and everything, like there's huge stories to tell. Like Blue Blue Beetle is one of those great franchises that can be really simple and personal. Yeah. His family, his friends, like it's it's Peter Parker. You know, yeah. it's like it's like you can have those stories about it's it's very grounded and very human, but you can go fully intergalactic flying through space, shooting at spaceships, and he gets to do both of those things. And so if they get this right, this yeah. could be so big. And I think like I would love nothing more. Um, I want I want this the new DC to succeed. I want James Gunn to give us an awesome Superman movie. I want to see Damian Wayne. But if Blue Beetle, if Jaime Reyes became the Peter Parker of the DC universe, yeah, where everybody was just like, give me more Jaime Reyes and kids were dressing up as Blue Beetle, I would be thrilled. I think that would be awesome for them. Okay. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if this works. Hold on a second. No, can we do the lips in here? Can we do the lips in here? I don't know if we, no, maybe this way. Maybe up a little bit. No, I can't go. Woo! I love Blue Beetle. I don't know. I don't think I could get it, but I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna work oh on it for next time. My, I'm gonna God. work on it for next time. Now that we have the mouth cut out, I'm gonna work on it for next time. So we, we are gonna it. get in so much trouble. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I figured it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to kind of put that up so we have the hey, mouth. Hey, uh, champ! Hey, champ! Hey, like champ! Woo! Let me tell you something, Conan. Let me tell you something, Conan. Before anyway. I gotta jump yeah. off, thinking about Jaime, if if he does make that leap into the new DC, knowing what they've already said about lanterns, how it's going to be Hal and John kind of tracking down a threat on Earth, like a potential extra ter- extraterrestrial threat. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it's the Scarab? Oh yeah. yeah, it could be the Scarab. That's actually an excellent point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, uh, I, I got comments on it, my Shannon, but I know you got to go. So uh, go ahead, my man, uh, if you need to ro- roll. Thank you. I so got to run. But uh, lovely chatting as always. Where can they uh, find you, brother? Oh, yeah, you can follow me at Shannon underscore McClung on Twitter and at Shannon the Geek Buddy. I'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace, man. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I love, you know, you know, as a Latino seeing this, it was fucking awesome. It was so great to connect to the the character of Jaime. I like that he's, you know, a guy who didn't go looking for this. It was given to him. And he like was in a burger box and then it becomes what it becomes. And he's absolutely horrified at what is happening to him. And then trying to calm his family down. Lopez with the mullet is hilarious. His mom, his sister, all of it works. His uncle, all of it works so well. Then he takes off and the experience of all of that, it just works so well. But then the family is involved in, in what it seems to be a number of the adventures or, or things that go on with him. They're there. So I like that there's an element of that. And yes, I loved the Batman is a fascist line because that character and what we're getting from the trailer, it makes sense that character would think Batman is a fascist. So it's funny in that way. So I thought a lot of it hit the correct beats. Yeah. I know we're all making fun of this kid who went crazy, but I'm glad he did because I love crazy on the internet. And that dude is crazy. (laughs) Like, like he was so angry. Yeah. And I, I was drinking my coffee. I'm up. I was up in, uh, I was up in Vancouver. Like you know, checked him at Geek News. See, this, what is this? I literally did a spit take all by myself in my hotel room. I was like, this kid is so angry about something that I. Yeah, we all love Batman. Yeah. We all love. We all know that he's a little hurt boy and saw the pearls drop and saw this. But if you, if right now, 
Yeah. Somebody in a bat suit was running around New York City beating the shit out of people with yeah. no oversight. Especially a rich <laughs> white dude was going out well, there beating Nobody people. knows he's rich. Nobody knows he's rich. Oh, well, fair point. Fair point. Right, you, just, you just see a dude running around in a bat suit beating sure. the shit out of people. You don't know who the fuck he is. You don't know what he's on. Yeah. You don't know what's happening. You'd be like, yeah, you'd have some opinions too. Yeah, I think what we just stumbled upon there is correct, Mike. I'm looking, I think a lot of people look at it, but it's Bruce Wayne and he's blah, blah. But if you're on the outside, you don't know that it's Bruce Wayne. It's just some random dude that you're hearing about in the news who's beating people up. There are definitely a lot of people who would think he would be a fascist because he's doing what he wants to do with no control, no government authority, no police authority over him that you know of as a citizen of Gotham. So it wouldn't be surprising that some of them might think, and a large number of them might think, that he's a fascist initially. So, But look, yeah, you're right. Passion is a good thing. I mean, the anger passion, I don't know. It's kind of dangerous, but passion is a good thing and that's what geek geekery is 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 an element of geekery always is the passion those fights you have in the basement of your house with your friends arguing about those things that's where that all is born from so uh, but, but yeah. yeah but i mean but but i mean look all that being said like yeah. everything like tonally this blue beetle trailer was just so much fun yeah agreed. like 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 more of this from dc please like yes. this is yeah. keep and I think like, I'll be curious to see him. Obviously, obviously we have the Batman line. So we know that it's in the DC universe and that Batman right. exists, but depending on what they say and how they say it, like I, I kind of hope that blue beetle just sort of gets swept into James Gunn's vision. Like, yes, I, I hope that I they watch this, yeah. like, you know, with some of the other movies, like we talked so much about, well, you know, is it is it Gal? Is it mm -hmm. Momoa? Like who's because they've been in Justice League, they've been this, and is right, that right. not canon anymore? But Blue Beetle feels like he's a character that is just the right amount of like, well, depending on what you say and how you say it, hopefully you can just get swept up into like this post flashpoint, whatever yeah. it is, so that Jaime can be hanging out with Damien and the new Superman and like you know who like I like that would that's what I would love to see. Yeah, agreed. Oh my god. <laughs> make gotham great again jesus christ <laughs> wow i'm not even touching that man I'm not even touching that. Uh, but yeah i mean yeah absolutely 100 percent. so i uh, you know uh, we'll see what happens down the road with this situation with with um uh with that but i th the fact that james gunn tweeted the trailer out with quote tweeted the trailer out with a, a bunch of positive words makes me think that he is considering the possibility of keeping blue beetle and why not it's a young guy you can make it work depending on who you cast as booster gold it could be a very interesting element of your new universe that you're building out so i'd be curious to see what he would do with that for sure yeah um what did you think michael you're, you're our oh well actually let's take a quick break because we're way past the half hour mark where i put an ad in let's take a quick break we'll be back with some more stuff keep sending in your stream labs and super chats people and more than anything else because we have over 300 to join us right now please make sure you hit a like on this video and subscribe to the channel I have a crazy idea to get us to 50,000 subscribers on the Outlaw Nation. So subscribe down below and hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping live shows just like this. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're back, right back right after this. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Gotta walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer practice, then... There goes the extra time for a jog. <sighs> That's okay. Maybe next week. When everyone else relies on you, it's easy to put your needs last. Therapy is a dedicated time to focus on what you need to be happy. So you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. BetterHelp offers convenient online therapy on your schedule. It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want, by chat, phone, or video call. Go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, we want a break, champ? A little break? A little break, champ? Uh, let's take a break, champ. Hey, we're back. Oh! <laughs> we're going to get in so much trouble. You're 100%. So my, I'm going to get a text oh, later, and I'm and I'm going to be like, uh, sorry, sorry, champ. I love you, champ. I love you. It was his idea. It was his idea. Just for a clear, it was his idea. Um, all right, let's move on to Across the Spider-Verse, Mike. We got a new trailer for this. A lot was happening in this trailer. A lot of the newer new Spider-Man we were seeing for the first time. Some of the older Spider-People that we've seen before in the previous trailers for this. But a little bit more of the story. A little bit more about his, what he's going after. The right, the um, conflict that we'll hear that will be here between Spider-Man 2099 and Miles Morales, the Spider Force in essence versus Miles Morales. So, what did you think of what we got in this new um, Across the Spider Verse trailer that we got a few days ago? You know, we were talking about we were talking about Dial of Destiny and how that trailer was kind of like a, a, a sigh of relief. Yes, like the hype train cannot get any higher for Spider Verse Two. No, you're, yeah, yeah. So like they like they could just like like it doesn't matter what else they show at this point like we are all like just put it in my veins and give it to me yeah but holy shit like just the visuals of this trailer alone like story yeah. aside like it looks so bananas and you know we already and we've talked about this on the show you, we, you see the trailer for the new ninja turtles movie mm. or you go to see puss in boots or you look at bad guys and there's been so much made about how spider-verse yeah. just really blew the doors open in the world of animation to say not everything has to look like a Disney Pixar movie. And I love right. Disney Pixar movies, but like we're really seeing that Spider-Verse has sparked this uh let's try new things, let's push these styles. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then a little bit with the first trailer you saw this, but really with this trailer you see how they're doubling down on that. Yeah. That like when you we're that we are going across the Spider-Verse that in in the first movie uh the Spider-Verse came to Miles. So even yeah. though you had a few characters that were uh, that were different animation styles, like yeah, Spider-Ham yeah. and Spider-Noir, uh, with this movie, we're going into their worlds. I think John just left me on a live show. No, so no, I'm good, I'm good. Go, 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 go. I'm running Geek Buddies by myself. No, pay no attention to that voice. So, uh, hi, I'm Michael Vogel, and I'm now the sole host of Geek Buddies. Thank you for coming to me each week to get all of my geek news. 
we decided that we no longer needed John Roca or Shannon McClung because they're mostly wrong, and uh, I think I'm mostly right. And uh... that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, my Sony ZV1 went out again. Go ahead, Mike. Keep going. Sorry. No, but just I think that the idea of seeing like Miles and Gwen and everybody go into these other worlds with these radically different animation styles, yeah. like the fact that like it's just going to be a bonkers movie visually, and then beyond that. I'm really curious, like I, yes, to your point, we got a hint of this in the teaser. We got yeah. more of it here. Whatever Spider-Man 2099 has convinced this entire world of spider people they need to be doing, including yeah. um, old Peter Parker. Because in the trailer, you have that moment where old Peter says to, uh, to, to Spider-Man 2090, to Miguel, he says, this isn't what we agreed on. Yeah. And Miles is like, wait, you were in on this too? Like, so what is right. this thing that every spider person in the Spider-Verse yeah. has agreed that this is what we need to do? And Miles is coming along and standing up. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of that really great uh, Civil War Steve Rogers speech. Uh, that whole speech that, that that Steve Rogers gives to Spider-Man in the Civil War comics yeah. that um, that got introduced uh, by Peggy's niece. What's her name? Agent. What's what, yeah, Sharon uh, Carter. Sharon, Sharon no. Carter. Thank yeah, you. Right, Sharon, that yeah. Sharon Carter kind of says in the movie. But this whole thing of like when the whole world tells you that you're wrong, that tells you that you're wrong you have to stand there and say, no, you're, you know, you like, you need to like, hold on to what you believe in. It's that great speech. And it looks like this movie is a Spider-Man version of that, which I am super down for. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. Um, uh, <laughs> we're going to get a cease and desist from Kalinowski's lawyers uh, in this situation. So we oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, man. To me, it's more of what we got from the first movie in terms of the groundbreaking visual styles that you're seeing. The animation is even more gorgeous than the first one. The um, the uh, I would say, for lack of a better term, the street look of certain uh, yeah. um, uh, designs within the, the animation looks fantastic. Getting the meme where everyone's pointing at each other, they understand very clearly why, uh, what to use at certain moments was really funny. All the different kinds of spider people that we're going to get. I know we got a Barbie with 45 different Kens and 45 different Barbies. I like that we're getting an element of that in the Spider-Verse the situation. We're seeing all these different types of spider people that fit for their particular universe. But the Uncle Ben stuff is something, yeah. as we saw in Spider-Man No Way Home, and as we saw touched on a little bit in, in uh, Into the Spider-Verse, is the connective tissue. And so yeah. everyone has had that experience. So I like that you're having that. And having someone like Miguel O'Hara, who is... You know, Miguel's a, he's a tough guy. He's been through some shit. Having him be the guy that's kind of going back and forth with Miles and Miles being like he was in the first film, someone with a completely different and unique approach, a new approach, who is just so adamantly clear that he knows what's right. And it's not from a um, authoritarian point of view or a desire to tell you what to do. It's more from a place of like, this just feels like this is the right thing to do. And you guys have kind of lost your way a little bit to challenge that with him. I think it's so, going to be so interesting. And yeah. it may be why Miguel doesn't want him involved because he knows he's the one spider person who can mess with him. Um, and then him even mentioned Dr. Strange and the no way home spider. That's it. Was yeah, just that's great. a great, yeah. all of it was just so, I mean, like it, it just looks so smart. Uh, it looks like what you come to expect from, from the spider verse movies. Like the first yeah. one was so yeah. smart and so clever. And it looks like this is just right along the same lines. Like, I mean, they, if, if they, 
most people agree that when you include Spider-Verse in all the Spider-Man movies, like yeah. it's pretty close. Like you might you might get into a well, No Way Home and then this, but like it's close to the top of all Spider-Man movies is the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made, if not yeah. the top. And if they can match that again, that that's that's impressive. Yeah, agreed. I like what Brian Brawler says here. He says, My favorite line of the trailer is Miles saying, Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. This this movie couldn't get blacker. That is, I mean, Brian is is a black man himself commenting on that in his own opinion. So yeah, maybe, I guess so. Yeah. That's a, a cultural thing, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and there, uh, there are been some rumors about Holland and Maguire and Garfield and uh, my friend Yuri Lowenthal, who voiced Spider-Man in the Insomniac games, uh, possibly being a voice in the film. So um, yeah, I would not be surprised uh, if that's a situation that comes through as well. So since Sony and Marvel can share some stuff when it comes to the spider spider-man universe um uh, let's move to secret invasion mike we'll swing back to star wars here in a little bit guys um secret invasion trailer dropped as well what, on sunday here um what did you think about this certainly a very nick fury centric uh a trailer here uh, we got some more with amelia clark we got some more with um olivia uh, coleman uh we got some more with uh ben mendelson and Kingsley Benadir looking pretty badass as well as the main antagonist. So what did you think about this trailer um, uh, for Secret Invasion? I mean, I couldn't be happier about this trailer. Yeah. Like, I Look, I love, I love the giant story of the MCU. I'm excited about getting to the Kang Dynasty <laughs> and Secret Wars. Like, like, if they can pull it all off. Like, the MCU yeah. has always been fun because you knew, like, where we were going. And part of Phase 4, the frustration was, I don't know where we're going. Now we know where we're going, but... Yeah. Are we getting there in the best way? Like, there's so many questions. And Secret Invasion trailer, it, it's not giving me multiversal this. It's not giving me anything. It is like a spy story with aliens. Yeah. And it just feels really contained. It feels really grown up. Yeah. Aside from the shape-shifting aliens. But, like, it just feels like a, it's it's got the spy thriller vibe to it. Yeah. And it just, you know... It just looks like, like I don't know this this I don't know why this is the phrase that pops to mind, but it just looks like it's not fucking around. <laughs> like Secret Invasion isn't fucking around, guys. Like it's like we got a scroll <laughs> story, we got Olivia Coleman, we got Amelia Clark, we got like like it just looks like it's taking this one part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And look, we know we got a lot of stuff going on over here, but this is and you know, like even Wakanda Forever, we discussed this. Like I I like a lot of Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I think, you know, particularly um coming out of where we've been, like, it's one of the, like, I think it's the, it's one of the better parts of phase four, but it also had that feeling of being a little bit overstuffed because yeah. it was trying to service so many different things and secret invasion. It, everyone who's there, uh, you know, Don Cheadle's there as, as Rhodey, but it like, yeah. we already know he's getting into politics. Like there, it just feels like it's like, Hey, forget all this stuff. This is what's going on with these characters that fit this kind of storyline. Yeah. And it just feels like they're doing it right. And I've heard internally from people too, like uh, a couple of people who work at Marvel have said that like, it's just, it's very adult. It's cool. very like, it's not that it's not like, you know, this isn't the movie that's going to go sell a lot of happy meals, but that it's really, really strong and a really good story. Yeah. This feels very much like the first thing since winter soldier to feel like winter soldier and I think that's yeah. a good thing. And it may just be the series that gets everybody back into being excited about Marvel again, because certainly phase four, and the first uh, um, film from phase five have left people feeling a, a little bit questioning about Marvel. So maybe this is the series that's going to excite people back again to see 
what we're going to get. Someone called it in the chat, the Andor of the MCU. Uh, and yeah, yeah, maybe that's could the, be. Yeah, and certainly I like that. Yeah. I like the darker aspects of this, the espionage stuff. We don't know what the um, what role Amelia Clark is going to play. We know she's Talos's daughter, but which side is she on? And what is yeah. she going to be involved in? And Olivia Coleman is way too relaxed to me as an old friend of Fury as she's talking to him about all the shit that's going down. So which side is she on? So there's a lot of Olivia Coleman, and sorry. maybe and maybe it's because of Fleabag. But Olivia Coleman has that face that like you can smile and be as sweet as you want. I don't trust this shit at all. Do not, do not trust. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do think though, as as we're talking about it, this brings mm -hmm. up kind of a bigger geek thing. You know, we were talking about Star Wars. We're gonna yeah. talk about some more Star Wars stuff. We talk about the MCU, and this is where, and I think that like Marvel's dealing with this right now. Star Wars is dealing with this right now. I think James Gunn is going to be dealing with this very soon. Yeah. We all love when everything connects and makes sense and, and, we, and we get to create a bigger tapestry and a bigger story. Yes. We all love it. We want it. Give me five different series that all combine into one big movie and it's a big, like, we love it when we do that right. Right. We don't love it when the individual stories are overtaken by all the connections to the bigger thing. Right. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that with Mandalorian season three right now. Yeah. I think we're seeing that with the MCU right now. Yeah. Like when the MCU is at their best, each individual, like the Captain America movies are about Captain America. The Thor movies are about Thor. And like some other characters show up and some things happen and it all leads to a bigger thing. Yeah. But sometimes when you get more concerned with all of the other connections, so, oh, well, let's, let's make sure this is all about the multiverse and all about Kang and let's forget about our main characters or let's make it all more about Rise of Skywalker and Palpatine mm -hmm. returning. Like, yeah. We want you to tell those stories, but sometimes the balance can get off. And so with Secret Invasion kind of feeling like, I think that's what makes it feel like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Is that it's like, okay, I'm excited. Get me to the multiverse. Get me, get me to the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, but also just give me a fucking good adventure. <laughs> exactly. Let's have that and, again. And this trailer is so focused on Nick Fury. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not just Nick Fury's running around and he's in the movie. Like, Hey Nick, they're coming after you. This is about your past. This is, you're the only one who can do this. So it feels like we're getting a story that we haven't really gotten yet because although Fury has been around literally from the first Marvel movie from yeah. Iron Man, um, we've never had a movie that was just about Nick Fury specifically or a story. And now we're getting the show that's just centering him. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. This is hundred percent what you said. Cause I've been thinking this too, like he's been in service of the MCU in multiple films, TV series, done certain things. Uh, and so to get him to have him be front and center with, with, which may be arguably his swan song, uh, I think is going to be a lot of fun to see and to let the talent of Samuel L. Jackson finally carry one of these films or series, I think is going to be great to see as well. Uh, let's see. What did someone say here? Oh yeah. Um, that's JG from space said last time we saw scrolls was cap Marvel and they were protagonists. Now we're supposed to be afraid of them. Well, just like human beings, JG, just because a certain section of human beings are nice to you doesn't mean all human beings are nice to you. So this is a more a matter of this is a maybe a rebel sect of scrolls that wants to do something different. Every culture has that. Every species has that. Not everyone is group think. Even the Borg have, were able to separate and be separate things. So that happens in anything, uh, as we but, see. We're, de we're dealing with that now in Picard with the changelings. There are some that made the deal and are happy with peace, and there's a sect that doesn't want to be happy with peace. So it shouldn't be any kind of surprise that the scrolls have a sect that wants to do that as well. But but uh, but but 
I think that there's still a good lesson in there, which is don't make an assumption and tell us everything that happened off screen. Like, like Fair we, points. we, like Fair the points. scrolls in Miss Marvel mm. were, they did a little 180 because we're so used to if you're a comic book by scrolls, scrolls bad. Yes. So they did a 180 on us and the scrolls were not bad. And that was right. a cool story. You're right. And then at yeah. the end of, was it Far From Home? Yeah. Nick Fury's up in space and he's on a space station that we all assumed was sword yeah. with a bunch of scrolls. Yeah. True. So we are used to good scrolls. So the fact that there's bad scrolls out there doing their thing, John's yeah. right. You can have different sects of scrolls, and that might lead us to a great story with Hulkling and introducing him and all these things that are happening. Right. But right. don't just go, oh, by the way, scrolls went bad between this and the last movie. Like, make this assumption that scrolls are not bad and this other sect and what they're doing and why they want it a key part of the story, and we'll yeah. go along with you. And you hope Talos is going to serve as that kind of counterbalance to what we're right. seeing. Right. Kingsley Benadir skulls uh, sect there. Um, Nerd, Nerd Network sent in another stream lab said, yeah, I'm not saying Kennedy is bad. She's a damn good producer, but I'm 6'3 and built like a brick shithouse. It doesn't mean I'm, uh, it means I'm not a good dancer, so I don't dance. I think doing what you're good and strongest at is best for a brand. This, of course, is coming from a layman, LOL. So, yeah. I, so like, uh, here on the Kennedy thing, like, yes. none of us, none of, well... Okay, so maybe maybe I could, but no, but like like <laughs> none of us could that the pressure of Kathleen Kennedy's job is insane. Yes, it is. And now it's that doesn't lot. mean that she gets a pass on everything that she does. And she's had a really long, great history of doing mm -hmm. what she does. But I do think the key problem that she has, particularly with Star Wars, yeah, is that, and she said this like George Lucas's. Or maybe she didn't say. I've I've heard this from other people. If I haven't heard her say it in interviews, okay. George Lucas's belief about Star Wars is every Star Wars movie should be made by an auteur, a writer director. Yes, and yeah. it should be their movie to make. So this is not the well the 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 franchise team gets to decide or yeah. like Kathleen Kennedy, you're the head. Like like Star Wars has always been okay. Who's the writer director of this movie? This is their story to make. And when you yeah. look at the new trilogy, she was doing what they had always done like it just had happened to have been george lucas up to this point who was the writer director auteur yeah. but it was like well okay if force awakens is jj abrams movie we need to let him make his movie right and last jedi is ryan johnson's movie and we need to let him make his movie so she was just doing what she's always done right right didn't turn out great and so like hopefully there's been learnings there but so i do think where what's true is that she's a great producer but she needs to step aside and go somebody needs to be the creative architect here yeah that's a very, very possible as well. And when I say step aside, I don't mean step down. Right. I mean, I mean, say, hey, I'm going to continue doing what I do well here, yeah. and I'm going to let people make the creative decisions. And like I said earlier, if she was the one that called that ball about let's tell some really key Mandalorian events in a different show, yeah, I would be the first one to be like, you fucked up. That was a mistake. <laughs> let's not do that again. Uh, I'm Two Fly Cam says Blue Beetle kind of looks generic to me, but I'm super excited for Zolo. I'm there. Do you both think this Mario movie will crack one billion? Also, what do you think will be the biggest movie of 2023? I don't. Well, you've. Seen, I'm seeing Mario tonight because yeah. I was in Canada working on Strawberry Shortcake all week. <laughs> but uh, what do you? So I've, I'm seeing it tonight. So I, I think it is going to make a ton of money because it seems yes. like it's making a ton of money. But uh, Johnny, you saw it. So what do you think? I really enjoyed it. It posted a strong $26 million opening on Thursday. It is projected to be $195 million over the next five days, um, 
which is a, a record opening for Illumination. So to me, I think it absolutely, and the cinema score was an A. It wasn't a B or an A minus, it was an A. So to me, that makes me think, although some of the critics don't like it, and it seems like half the critics don't like it, judging from the Rotten Tomato score, I liked it. So I think there are enough people from word of mouth who are going to go and enjoy this. Plus, they're going to bring their kids. It's a very safe movie for kids. And yeah, Bowser has got a little moments of being somewhat evil, but it's overall a fun, safe movie for kids. Um, and, you know, Bowser, where his evilness is also playing some funny songs. So you got the balance going throughout. And I think there's a sweet message about finding your voice and standing up for yourself and not quitting when people tell you to quit and going for what you want. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And uh, there's so many enjoyable sequences in the film for me personally. So I think in the end it will, I don't know about a billion. I'd be very surprised if it made a billion, but then again, Super Mario is so big across the world. It might very well make a billion if enough people really enjoy it. And there's word of mouth. for it. I've been trying to avoid spoilers uh, until tonight, which has not been easy, but uh, you know what it seems like is that critics really don't love this movie. And it seemed, but it also seems a little bit like fan proof insofar as mm. if you grew up loving Mario, which aside from John Roca, we all did, yeah, uh, we, you kind of just go and you're like, this is giving me what I want. This is Mario. So it feels like they got the tone and the feel of the Mario universe, right? Yeah. Is yeah. what it seems like. And even if the story is a little bit lighter and not perfect, there's something there that's working for people. And I think yeah. that. You know, if we had gotten, and again, I'm I'm speaking out of my ass because I haven't seen it. So mm-hmm. next week I'll be able to say what I think. But it yeah. seems like we're not getting the Pixar version of the Super Mario world where we're like, wow. hey, or or like the Lego movie where it's like, here's the Legos, but holy shit, I wasn't expecting this super powerful gut punch of a story. Yeah. But we're getting something that's really fun. So I'm I'm excited to see it. And also, Tanya, thank you for watching Strawberry Shortcake because of me. I hope you liked it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah, we'll so see. As for the best, uh, the highest grossing film of 2023, I, I don't know. I don't know um, what I it would be. Remember what else coming out? Maybe Mission uh, Impossible. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What do we got? So Mission Impossible. Yes. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it is. I'm just trying to think. What are the biggest? Like, what are the Marvel movies that we still? Have? Guardians is coming out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guardians in a couple could. months. Um, Guardians could. Um, we have Aquaman, Blue Beetle, eh. oh, the Flash movie. That's going to oh. make I, – I predicted Flash will make $2 billion. Everyone I do think like – I mean like literally – I mean we have we have some friends. We have some buddies who work at Warner Brothers. Everybody – like the reason yeah. that they have just been full steam ahead on that movie, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on with Ezra Miller, no matter what everyone is saying about them, like is that they know – yeah, they have a movie that's that good. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my guess too. I, I have a feeling that movie's coming out, and we're all just gonna be like, "Fuck, yeah. that was wow." Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but that movie is gonna make two billion dollars. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I have a feeling. Uh, real quick, and then we'll take another break. Jake the Nerd says, "Agreed, Vogel. That's what I meant. She's damn good, just in a different way. I love the perspective you all give. Love you guys. Thanks. Thank you, Jake." Um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into the last of Star Wars and we'll get on out of here uh, right after this. How can your service be so great on my current home? Insurance! 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 With my current home! Save it! Call my agency! 
Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. I'm not going to do Barbie. You want to beach me off? <laughs> Wait, you want to talk buddies. Barbie? All right, fine. Get... I just want to say that, like, out of all the trailers, yes. like, look, Spider-Verse blew me away. Yes. Blue Beetle, pleasantly surprised and excited. Mm-hmm. Barbie? Holy shit, who knew that Barbie was going to blow up Twitter this week? <laughs> I can't deal with how brilliant this movie looks uh-huh. and how funny that trailer is yeah. and how much I have been saying, I'm going to beat you off all week long. <laughs> beat you <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to beat you off. You want to beat you off? I'll, be, I'll beat you off right here. I'll beat you both off. Let's do it. Let's beat it off, guys. Geek Buddies beat you off. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was my reaction when it came up in the trailer. I was like, the... <laughs> so yeah, Beach Off, very fun. I mean, a, a stable of great actors. Love the look. What a completely different approach to a movie from Greta, Greta Gerwig, considering Lady Bird, considering Little Women. This is so far beyond what she has done before. And um, Jeff was saying in the hot mic that there are some uh, stories coming out that she is having some trouble with the special effects and the VFX stuff and has brought in other filmmakers to kind of help guide her because she's never done a film with this amount right. of special effects. So it makes sense. So, and we'll see what the end result's going to be. But so far, the result, the reactions have been nothing but positive for those two teaser trailers. Those are just, te- we haven't even gotten to what the actual fucking story is. So the fact that people already sold off teasers, that is a really a good harbinger for what I think this film is going to be. And certainly Margot Robbie, who hasn't had a hit in a bit, and certainly Greta Gerwig, uh, who has been a while since we saw Little Women, could it could be a really good positive thing for both of them to get into something like this. And Gosling yeah. as well, you know, so it's good for Gosling too. Yeah, and like, look, the movie might be a complete disaster. It might be great. But sure. the, the, the idea of the movie, like not trying to leaning into the fact that like we have 95 different barbies we have 95 yeah. different kens like that's the reality of what the brand is mm-hmm. and a lot of times when you're trying to figure out how to take that and move it into like a movie or a narrative you're like okay well let's not have all those other it's, it's just one barbie and one ken and this is yeah. the adventure they go on and the fact that they are leaning into the fact that this is the way that girls play with barbies yeah i mean a girl playing barbie as a kid going hey barbie I want to come over to your house tonight and spend the night. Oh, why do you want to spend the night? Uh, well, I haven't learned about that yet, but let's, you know, like, like it just feels right. So I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about it. Agreed. All right, let's move back to Star Wars Celebration to wrap up the show here. The Acolyte had a moment in the, uh, had a uh, section of the Lucasfilm panel as well. Creator Leslie Headland was there and she said that the, she said that the Acolyte is going to be set during a time period between the High Republic and the beginning of the prequel film, she said this is the furthest back in the past the Star Wars series has been in the live-action universe for now. Um, and she was joined on the stage by Amanda Stenberg, uh, uh, Lee Jung-jae, Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keene, Charlie Barnett, Jonas Suatimo, who, of course, I think plays Chewbacca um, uh, in there. and uh, Not yeah. the character, but has played Chewbacca. He is playing Kelnaka in this. Um, and, uh, yeah. And Jen, uh, Jung Jae, who, by the way, I finally saw squid game a few weeks ago, loved it to pieces. Uh, he plays a Jedi master, uh, and the show is currently shooting in London, but a teaser trailer was shared with the fans, which featured Carrie Ann Moss in her Jedi master role, battling Stenberg, uh, wielding a lightsaber. So, um, she, uh, Hedlund said she pitched the film or the show as a mix between frozen and kill bill with inspiration from, Akira Kurosawa's films from the 1950s, which of course 
inspired um, uh, George Lucas with A New Hope. So your thoughts on this when you hear this about the about uh, the Acolyte, man? Well, when I hear Frozen versus Frozen meets Kill Bill, I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah, I just all I do, like all I really do is picture Elsa in the bride's ju- yellow jumpsuit. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like give it to me. But yeah. uh, no, I'm I'm really excited about this. Like as, as someone who who in the uh, uh, Rodney, we are all the we are all the Republic for light and life. Like I love the <laughs> High Republic. Like I think what they've done with the High Republic is they've built out a part of the Star Wars universe that I didn't really care about and made me so invested in mm. that part mm. and those Jedi. And so kind of getting this movie that is like, or the series, it's like, here's the end of that High Republic getting into the prequels and where we are with the Jedi Council. Like, I think there's a really interesting story there. And I don't know, like, I, again, the parts of the Star Wars universe that are brand new, because we could sit here and we do it all the time. Like, I can literally sit here and talk to you about the politics of the Star Wars universe for an entire hour and a half and bore you all to death. And so when there's a new part where I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I get very excited. And I think what's cool about the High Republic era, era leading into the prequels is, I, I, don't, I don't know if when George Lucas made the prequels, he intended it to be this. I think it was like, yeah. oh, look, we're going to get to see a bunch of Jedi at the height of their power. But the end result is those are not Jedi at the height of their power. They were all duped into being generals, even though they're supposed to be peacekeepers. Right. And the High Republic is this point where, like, they kind of are still peacekeepers and there's a little bit of division. So watching that group kind of leading into this group and this acolyte who is kind of like things are going bad. Like, I don't know. There's there's just something about it that feels very, very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I like that we're going to this time period. I like that we're getting a younger cast. A diverse cast is really interesting as well. And according to the, according to some uh, somebody here, uh, JG from Space said the Carrie Carrie and Moss had a badass fight scene in the trailer. They showed sick kung fu moves that we really haven't seen a Jedi do before. So nice, it's interesting. You know, obviously when you're talking Kill Bill, you're talking samurai stuff, which was an influence in Star Wars. So that you're happy. So her referencing that makes point, but. Her doing kung fu moves, that's Trinity shit from the Matrix. So would you would you say I, that Star Wars is more of a samurai series or a Western series? Would you uh Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I yes, fine, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. <laughs> right, yes. Um, but yes, uh, so I love that that aspect of it all is I want to see footage. I don't know if they put the footage yet up on the on. The YouTube, I checked. So I, I checked during. Uh, I checked a few minutes ago. I didn't see show? it okay. yet. So okay, yeah. There's Andor footage. I don't know the 54 seconds are up, but you know that's just teasing season two. We know what's going to happen in season two. They're not going forward past season two. They made it very very clear that season two is going to be I think four or five years encapsulation uh, through the thing. But it was great to see Denise Goff showing up. So clearly. Her character is going to stay an integral part going into season two. So very curious to see what her role is going also, to be in all of this. I know we didn't, I know we didn't, we forgot to mention this before, but uh, speaking of Andor, yeah. really nice to see uh, Genevieve O'Reilly show up in the Ahsoka trailer as Mon oh, Mothma yes. too. Mon Mothma, yeah, seeing her in the hologram there. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. A lot of people thought they saw Ezra in, in what she was holding too. So interesting stuff for sure. Um, the other part of this skeleton crew, uh, Jude Law and John Favreau debut the first trailer for skeleton crew on stage there. Um, there were new characters centered around the lives of a group of rebellious kids traveling the galaxy. Um, and, uh, it was there with the, uh, see John Watts is directing the episodes, David Lowry, the Daniels, Jake Schreier, Bryce Dallas Howard doing yet another, 
uh, uh, episode of Star Wars Television, and Lee Isaac Chung is going to be is directing one of the episodes as well. Uh, Lou said I was uh, Law said I was six years old when this galaxy gripped me, blew my mind, and I feel like I've been prepping for it ever since. So not much more information behind that, just the trailer itself. So any thoughts on Skeleton Crew? Any thoughts on Jude Law finally coming out and announcing it? It was just him. There was no other cast members so involved in it. So. There's a trailer description online. Like you can okay. read what they got to see. You didn't. None of us have seen it yet, and I don't know right. if they're going to release it or not. But it sounds really interesting. I mean, it, it, based on what I read online, yeah. it sounds like the trailer that they showed really does double down on the fact that this really feels like an Amblin movie. So that you see a oh, bunch of okay. these kids, you see the human kids and the alien kids, like all together. They're all living on sort of a forested planet, but they're yeah. going to school. They want adventure. They're they, and that their parents play a pretty big part in the trailer. That like their parents come home to this very like suburban kind of neighborhood, like we haven't quite mm. seen in Star Wars before. Okay. Find okay. out the kids have left. The kids go on a spaceship. They face off against some pirates. There's a bunch of space battles. Uh, Jude Law's character seems to have some kind of force abilities when they meet him at the end of the trailer. And the parents are really worried about them. So, you know, if you grew up in the 80s with all those, you know, and you loved E.T. and Goonies and all those movies, it feels like this is very much that in the Star Wars universe. And this has been looped in as we're talking about Filoni building to his big finale in a feature that Mandalorian and Ahsoka, but they also talk about Skeleton Crew as being important. So it doesn't feel like this is just a side adventure. It feels like this is going to build into this bigger thing. So I I know the least about this, but it does make me really excited um, because... A, I'm a kid who grew up in the 80s who was most who was so influenced by Amblin that it's, you know, that's kind of my vibe for like everything that I try and write. But also, um, again, because I think this is what makes Star Wars so great is that as opposed to as we were saying before, Indiana Jones is about Indiana Jones. Right. And the original trilogy is about the Skywalkers. And in a way, all nine movies, the Skywalker saga is about the Skywalkers. But within that, so many other characters have popped and so many other big ideas about politics and about uh, culture and about what matters in life and about hope. Like there's just there's such a big tapestry to deal with here that the more new characters and new ideas we throw into this pot. Yeah. The bigger it expands and the more stories we get to tell. So I'm really curious to see where this story goes. 100%. Yeah. And it's got that, you know, to to invoke the other franchise, it's got the prodigy vibe to it. Yeah. An older person leading the young kids on these adventures. What yeah. is it all getting to? Who is going to be the main antagonist in all of this one? How evil are they going to allow the main antagonist to? Because if you, if you keep the, the Amblin vibe, there was some darkness to these antagonists back in the 1980s that maybe you couldn't get away with necessarily now for a kid's movie. So maybe there'll be shades of that in this that'll be exciting to see as well. But seeing the little look, seeing Jude Law stepping, I mean, I just all of that uh, is good. And Fabro's touch on it, I think, will be real essential because certainly Fabro knows exactly how to appeal to younger generations in numerous ways from Elf all the way to The Mandalorian. He's been able to hit those beats that uh, really yeah. um, excite uh, young people as well. So we'll see. Uh, Brian Brawler says, real quick, uh, Roka, if the Flash hits $2 billion, I'll owe you $100. All right, fair point. So that seems like a, a small exchange for $2 billion, but all right, I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. I'm not going to be picky. Um, all right, I think that's it from us, brother. There's no other Streamlabs or Super Chat, so uh, we should get on. What a week. What a week. I know, I know. Uh, oh, wait, one more thing. Fantastic says, hey, buddies, one more thing. It looks like DC and the Flash movie is going to do a James Howlett scene from Logan on the success of their movie. 
oh, this is how it feels and seen. Does that make sense to you? I don't know if I get that. Mike, no? I want some elaboration on that one. I'm not quite yeah. sure where we... Is some, so maybe Flash dies? Is that what he's saying? Or Keaton dies? I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know what that means. So, But I can't imagine they would do that just to bring Keaton back for that. So I'm not really sure what that means. Well, I guess we'll find out as we go along. Uh, I guess all... we're going to leave this episode on a mystery. <laughs> That's what we should. Um, all right. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for the lively chat. 300 of you, 350 of you are joining us for the majority of the show. So thank you so, so much for joining us. Michael, what do we have to tell uh, if you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, you can follow him at the Roca says, if you would like to follow me, you can follow me at MK tune and our good buddy, Shannon, you can follow at Shannon underscore McClung on Twitter or at Shannon, the geek buddy on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this chat and want to see more lovely chats from your good buddies, the geek buddies, here's what you can do for us. You can hit that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's outlaw nation page and check out all the amazing content content he's got if you are listening to us on a podcast right now go ahead and take a minute to give us some stars and some comments to help us go up in the rankings so more people can find us and as always the best thing you can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies absolutely and we'll, we'll say this to you all we had a meeting this morning with someone and we might be making some moves with the podcast so i would encourage you all even if you're watching here on youtube Head on over to your favorite podcast platform, find the Geek Buddies, and subscribe to us. Because getting those numbers up, I think, will really help us keep going as a show and keep attracting more and more people to be part of the audience and grow the Geek Buddies empire, which is what we really want to do. So do your part on that to, by subscribing wherever you download podcasts today. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of Star Wars celebration. I'll probably have some coverage. We'll see if the Geek Buddies can do some coverage. But we're definitely a lot of stuff is breaking out over the next three days. Enjoy all of that. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.